Hola, hola, meses embarazes. This is the Mess to Badass podcast, a safe space where we will talk about turning your struggles into superpowers and the journey from being a mess and becoming a badass. This podcast is all about being imperfect, messy, human, and just being you. I am Pam, a creative consultant and founder of Embrace the Mess. Just a heads up, this podcast is unedited, bilingual, and there will be some cursing. So get ready to go from mess to badass. In today's episode, we are talking to Casey Jordan, a multi-passionate creator. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. I am actually super excited to have you here because we finally get to chat. <laughs> we yes. see each other every day, but we don't <laughs> chat. <laughs> right. Um. So let's start. Tell me what do you do, where to find you, everything. Okay. Well, I right now you can basically find me only on TikTok um, at caseyjordan.co. And then, so I have two big projects. This is why I'm the multi-passionate is, uh, my primary work that I'm doing right now is helping multi-passionate content creators and business owners, uh, build better businesses, create better content and curate the thing that they love and that like lights them up. Um, and then I have my own podcast, which is on hiatus right now called the pursuit of evolution. And it's all about navigating those, different chapters in our life. And like, when you realize you're not happy, how do you lean into that and figure out what's next? And how do you make that transition? Um, and so that podcast is going to be going some revamping and coming back in 2023, and is also going to be adding a whole uh, business component. Ooh, I'm excited because I do listen to your podcast. So I'm excited to hear what's next. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to figure it out. <laughs> Well, that's a whole process, right? Of being an entrepreneur. So we'll exactly. see how it goes. And as long as you don't give up, that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> um. So awesome. Thank you for telling us all this stuff. Um. I don't know if you're aware, but this podcast is all about the journey of being a hot ass mess and then becoming a badass. So why don't we start talking about a little bit of your story, like how messy you was, and then we'll move into the transition of your badassness. Okay. Uh, gosh. So I, I totally sprung it on my husband that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So we dated for like three years. We got married. We'd been together four years when we got married. And literally, I remember this very clearly. We're on our honeymoon. We're at a bar called the Mangy Moose in Wyoming having dinner. And he's like, okay, now that we're married, like what's next? There's that like moment of like, okay, now we're Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Like, what are we doing with our lives? And he's like, if you could do, if money, I was struggling in my job. I worked in a mental health nonprofit. And while I was passionate about it, it was hard for me. Um, and he's like, okay, if money was not an object, what would you do? And I'm like, I would quit my job and launch my own business. And he was like, okay, let's figure it out. And <laughs> yes, like oh he's, <laughs> he's a better man than, ugh, yeah, well, I deserve him. He's mine. I'm keeping him, but he's such a good man. And it just back off. <laughs> Right, exactly. As I was say, yeah, mine. Um, so it took us a few months to kind of work out the details. Uh, but at the time, I was also big into fitness. And so I ended up quitting the mental health field and went into my own uh, fitness and nutrition coaching business. And was doing I was doing a lot of corporate fitness. It was really interesting. Um, I kind of fell into it on accident, I would actually go to one of the big banks in our town, like where they do all the 
admin side of stuff, not like the actual banking stuff. And I would run workouts in their conference rooms during lunch hour so that staff could like come get workouts, but not have to leave the building. And the company paid for it, like the bank paid for it, um, which like such a cool corporate program yeah. and how I got, I still am not quite <laughs> sure how I got the job, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And so um, I spent a couple years doing fitness coaching, CrossFit coaching um, and things like that. And I loved the day-to-day -day work, but the business as a whole wasn't working, wasn't satisfying. I was missing some of the mental health stuff, like my education as a, as a therapist. Um, and so I kind of, from there, I was like, okay, I need to morph this. Like I need to, businesses evolve, that's fine. And I spent like three years kind of like, constantly evolving the business and nothing felt right and nothing performed well and I wasn't making money and it was frustrating and I was having a lot of thoughts of like fuck it I'm just gonna go get a job I'm gonna go back to bagging groceries <laughs> like I don't care <laughs> and I like again I'm in a very unique position where I actually don't have to make money um I, I'm a disabled combat vet so I get disability and then with my husband's income like I don't have to work and he's like my husband was like, why put this pressure on yourself? Just stop. Just take a break, figure it out, take some time off. Um, and then we ended up going through a, yeah, he's, like I said, we ended up going through a two-year battle with infertility. Um, and I was doing back-to-back -back rounds of IVF and we did multiple miscarriages and it was an awful couple years. And all I had was the energy to pay attention to that um, and so I basically quit working for two years and just tried to stay pregnant was my job. <laughs> Turns out I'm not good at that either. Um, oh, just, don't say that. <laughs> was just fine. Like we hit a point where for us, for a wide variety of reasons, we didn't want to try anything else. And so we've decided to move on child-free and I get to reinvent myself because of that. And so that was about three and a half years ago now that we knew we were done pursuing the kid thing. Okay. Um, and I got to do what I want. And so I joked back then, I was like, okay, if I'm not going to raise kids, I'm going to raise an empire. And so, yes, yes I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so the last three years have been finding what that empire is. Um, and so a lot of playing with the pursuit of evolution concept, which just feeds my soul uh, and then this multi-passionate creator side, which feeds the very analytical side of my brain. Um, and I've recently realized, like, I'm going to keep both businesses right now because I don't have to decide. And they're both so fulfilling and so fun. And so that's where I'm at now. Oh, my God. I love, love everything that you said, especially the whole uh, building an empire or raising an empire, because what else are you going to do if you can have kids besides having puppies, right? So, right exactly <laughs> yes and as you know I recently went through something very similar with a whole like pregnancy thing and we decided not to do IVF and I was like you know what I'm just going to be a badass bitch and become a multimillionaire. so and yes. I'm a sugar mama so exactly <laughs> exactly so, you know we're going through this our new phases of just being badass bitches and I love it and I love that yeah. you're in, in there so but it sounds like you weren't really messy I mean like you have this amazing husband you obviously you were a badass being in combat all this stuff like do you think that any of that like 
I don't know, like was messy for you or? There was, there was a couple years where I didn't know which way was up. Like I was depressed. I was anxious. I didn't know how to show up for business. I was trying to create a business that was like, quote unquote, the right kind of business. And I was just trying to like mimic other people, but it didn't feel right because you can't do that. That's not how you build a business. And there was a couple years that like, there was a lot of crying over dinner and my husband saying like, if this is stressing you out, stop doing it. I'm like, but this is what I'm like. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Everybody in my family at some point has owned their own business. My mom was insanely uh, successful in the work she did. And so there's this like, it's like bred into me as well. And so it was like this, like, I, I want to work. I want to make this work. I don't know how to make this work. And I'm afraid I'm not good enough at making it to like make it work. I'm, I'm afraid I'm not smart enough to be an entrepreneur. Um, and so there was definitely some years where there was a lot of doubt. Um, and like when I think about them, they feel icky. And I just kind of block those years out because I learned from them and I got past them. And but yeah, there were some years in there that were pretty, pretty gross. Uh yeah, I totally get it. And I actually love that you're saying all this stuff. So we're going to do a little switcheroo. I usually send you questions just so you can be ready of what I'm asking. And after what you just said, we're just like going off the script and changing lives and just doing yeah. everything different, if that is okay with you. Absolutely. Okay. So why don't we talk about what you just said? Like, let's talk about the shitty stuff about being an entrepreneur. You said that you cried that you didn't know what to do, that it was a very messy moment and that uh, taught you something. So let's talk about what are those shitty things that we go through as entrepreneurs and then what we learn from them. I think one of the first ones that jumped to mind is entrepreneurship, especially early on, is insanely lonely. And like, I also like on top of being an entrepreneur, I lived in rural Montana where nobody was doing what I did. Like when I said I run an online coaching business, people are like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, like the only people who knew what I did are other people who knew what I did, who some of whom are still friends, but we've never met in real life. And so like, there's so many hours where you're working in a vacuum and then you go on social media and like Instagram and TikTok are like a wash with like how to make 10K a day, how to make a million in your first six seconds of business. And there's like, all of this pressure to perform and it's all tied to money as the marker of success and if you can't do it then you're dumb like i i i've taken a ten thousand dollars worth of courses and coaching over the last eight years and i just realized this actually yesterday that i think a lot of the courses i either didn't finish or i walked away from feeling like something was missing. Like I'm not smart enough to be an entrepreneur, but I realized what was missing is so many of these courses teach you how to be a specialist. Like here is, you are going to do one business. There's one thing you are good at. There's one thing that you're passionate about and you're going to stay on that trajectory forever. And that's the entire framework that so many people teach from. And so that doesn't work for me. Like I'm, I, and you're nodding your head. Like I'm super multi-passionate. How do I mix running multiple businesses? How do I mix running multiple ideas? Like, do I have to pick one? Because if I pick one, I get really burnt out. And so there's this realization that 
I think a lot of what made me feel like a failure, I'm now realizing was that I don't, I don't fit the traditional model of some people's coaching style. Amen to that. Like you literally just took words out of my mouth because it's, it's so right. And I am so happy that you're mentioning this because there are a lot, a lot of multi-passionates out there. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of those multi-passionates get judged or they get very Mm self-conscious or just like they get broken. They feel broken because they cannot accomplish this quote unquote 10K six figure business when other people can do it. And it's just such bullshit because we don't function like that. Especially, I think you might be like, and we're maybe in the same uh, generation, like millennials. I feel like a lot of us are going through this whole like, holy shit, we have some type of like mental illness, either depression, anxiety, ADHD, whatever it is, um, autism, whatever. And because of that, we have not been able to, you know, create this amazing businesses and it's taken us a little longer or like we, because of uh, who we come, like the previous generations were like, okay, we have to go to college. We have to do this. And then we get the corporate job and we fucking hate it. Yes. Um. So yeah, exactly. I like I only in the last few years realized that I have ADHD and probably autism and I'm unraveling that and looking at 37 years 38 years of my life and what that means and simultaneously figuring out how I take that information forward whereas like my mom never knew like we look at it now and we're like oh yeah my mom's absolutely autistic and like <laughs> but she's 72 it doesn't matter like her career is over she just made it work so she doesn't have this need to like go back and reconcile all of this mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like reconcile it and how do I work within that framework to move forward and then like people younger than us are getting these diagnoses earlier. And so they build their whole life knowing this. And yeah, I think millennials were in this weird gap where like got a lot of shit dumped in our laps. And like, yeah. Yeah. we have to figure out how to like be grown ups, survive the world continuously getting flipped upside down, find out we're neurodivergent and make a lot of money all at once. Yes. Well, we're trying to figure out our, our messes and our lives and trying to be this adult. Like adulting yeah. is just another bullshit situation. So that's a story for another day. But like, yep. yes, we have a lot. Yep. Um, so I'm so what made you so obviously all of these things like, you know, like um drove you to become a multi-passionate creator. What have you seen from all your messy, quote unquote, messy experiences from before? And what have you learned as a millennial in everything that we just spoke about to to push you into like the multi-passionate? And have you seen that that is um, driving a better, and I know that you hate this word niche, but do you think it's just bringing like a better audience for you due to what you're focusing on? Yeah, I... I have for a long time believed that there's kind of what I often refer to as a failure. I still don't feel bad about like, it's still not a failure. I have learned from every one of these fuck ups. I've learned from the messy stuff. Like I don't regret stuff because it's just a lesson I learned a really ugly way. And so for me and realizing that I'm multi-passionate, realizing I'm ADHD, 
I I have hit this point where I now am cycling back to so many things I learned before. Like I literally have saved all the PDFs from like every course I've ever taken. And like, I'm going back through them now with this new lens. And I'm like, oh, there's so much great information here. And I think about mistakes I made running businesses, trying to mimic other people. And right now I'm working on this thing. I'm actually in another membership that's very much about learning to be yourself and tell your own story in a way that then is like branded and sellable. Um, and like, it's, it's all this, like, I think that's where I realized I'm, I'm leaning more into talking to multi-passionate people because I realized so much of the conversation is around people who are specialists. And as a result, then the multi-passionate people get left feeling like the shame, like you said, um, I hate when family asks me what I'm doing these days because I feel like every year it changes and they're like, oh, you're like my brother-in-law the last time I saw him, he's like, so what new thing are you up to now? And he meant it in a very kind way, but that that part of me was still like, like, yes. oof, like oh. I'm in the, my husband's been in the same, not only the same career field, he's been with the same company for 24 years. possible. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like we, he and I are very different humans. Like he is, he has been in the same career field and with the same company for most of his life at this point, you know? And like, I, I, I'm not that. And embracing that and helping other people see that that's okay. And like learning how to, like, I think about it. Okay. Um, using arts and crafts as an example, I love crafting. Like it's my hobby every month. I have a different craft I'm obsessed with <laughs> um I, <get> <laughs> I have you, know, you get it like I literally have a whole closet full of craft supplies and I used to feel bad because I'm like oh my gosh these are all gonna go to waste well now I'm circling back around and like ugh, I'm I'm in the mood to paint again and I have all the stuff and maybe I'll paint for a week and I'll put it all away again or I've started combining crafts and so like I got into woodworking for a while and was using painting stuff and resin stuff like in my woodworking I'm like I am so much more powerful as a crafter, as an entrepreneur, by have, having so many passions, by being so diversified. Yes. Instead of feeling bad for letting go of that thing, I now have another tool in my toolbox. So when a client comes to me and says, this is what I'm struggling with, I've got this whole giant history to pull from. And like all these different experiences and, and knowledge that like, that's kind of my superpower is I can think outside the box because I've never spent six seconds of my life sitting in the box. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I, I can so relate with you because um, I we're in the middle of remodeling our house and we just had to empty the room where literally we had all our boxes because we are living in boxes right now. We're sleeping in the living room of the house because everything else is demoed. So good times. But yeah. with that said, I just found all my boxes with all the crafts. And literally, it's like you said, like it changes every month, every couple of weeks, whatever it is. So like you can be into knitting and then you can be into cooking and then you go into like, I don't fucking know, woodworking, res resin, like doing jewelry. So I totally get all that stuff. And I love that's why I had to like write it down. I love what you just said of no, you froze. I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I that I have another tool in my toolbox, and that is your superpower. Yeah. That is, yeah. Oh, chef's kiss! Like that is absolutely divine. I love that you're saying that. So, 
thank you for that because that is super inspiring to to understand that who we are is actually completely okay and that failure yeah. is an option and that yeah. everything that you have gone through like you said you can go back to it and just like bring that little piece of that quote unquote failure or whatever you learned prior to like make it work nowadays and like whatever you're you're doing so thank you for that that right. was that literally like melted my heart like my heart's like so excited for what you said <laughs> oh, I love it yeah thank you so now you mentioned superpowers let's talk about yes. superpowers and being a badass and all that fun stuff so your superpower is obviously bringing stuff from the past and your failures uh, now to to your new reality. Um, what is it that made you find your superpower and how did you find it besides, you know, like the failures? Is there anything else that helped you find your superpower? I am a huge fan. I learned this in the fitness industry. They talk about test and retest. So if you have like a joint that is sore, then we're going to have you like do some squats. Yes, this hurts. Okay, stretch this. Now do some more squats and see if it stopped hurting. So test and retest. And I have taken that into every area of my life. And so when it comes to entrepreneurship, let's say when it comes to content creation, showing up on TikTok, like I'll make five videos and I'll go back and look at how do I feel about them? How did they perform? Like what were the you know analytics on it? that's my test. And then I can, okay, let's try that same thing again and see if it's repeatable. And, or I look at, I'm like, no, I don't like that. So I'm going to change this one component. Yeah. So I think finding my superpower came down to this idea of test and retest. And so I'm constantly, I don't write anything off as not working because sometimes even things don't work right now, but they'll work again later when it comes to business, when it comes to especially content creation, because like the algorithm shift, what people want to see shifts. So like I'll test something. Um, specifically, I was just having a conversation about this. When I do my TikToks, I introduce myself in almost every TikTok. And someone is asking me about that. And I decided to test it one day. And when I interviewed, when I introduce myself, my TikToks perform better. People watch a little bit longer. I get more follows out of them. Like for me, my content, the people I'm bringing in, and it's something as quick as like, hey, I'm Casey. I help multi-passionate content creators make more money. Like that's the only introduction I'm getting, but those videos perform better. So I tested and retested that. I stopped introducing myself for a couple of weeks. My performance was fine, but it definitely shifted. And I threw the introductions back in and my performance went. And so that's, I do that with like everything in entrepreneurship. So um, I have come to realize through test and retest that I don't love doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching because it's fucking exhausting. Like as a neurodivergent person, like as someone who gets really excited and really passionate, like a one-hour phone call wipes me out. Like when we get done with this interview, I'm going to go take a nap because like I love this and it's exhausting. And so I have right now I'm testing, can I run a business without doing one-on-one -on -one coaching when a lot of the world says you have to be a one-on-one -on -one coach to make good money. I don't know. I'm finding out right now. We're, we're playing with that right now. And if I need to, I'll throw coaching back in for a while and we'll see what that does. And so I think that for me is how I found my superpower. And I think it is also one of my superpowers. That is pretty amazing. And it's something that I haven't heard before. So I love that you're saying that. 
And also, I love that you have recognized that you cannot do one-on-ones because I can tell you from my experience, I'm like, I need to do one-on-ones. I need to do it. But I know that it's not my thing. But because so many people tell you that's what you have to do, you're like, fuck, do I need to do this? Is that how I'm going to make six figures? But if it's not your thing, then you're like, like, why am I forcing myself to do this? I mean, exactly. And I, I think sometimes too, like, I'm going to throw this out there. There also becomes a game of boundaries. And so like, there are times, like if you go to my website right now, actually, I, I take that back. I do technically offer one-on-one coaching on my website right now, but there's only like three hours a week that I have that scheduled. And if you can't meet me during those three hours, I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to work together. And so like, some of it is like, I'm willing to do some of this stuff, but I have very strict boundaries around I won't take more than two coaching calls in a week. I won't do more than two podcast interviews in a week because then I don't have the energy to do everything else. So there is, and again, figure that out through testing and retesting. There's a limit where sometimes I will put things in, but also with really strict boundaries to protect my energy, my time, my space, whatever, um, without having to completely remove that thing. Wow, that's that's super impressive. I mean, I feel like, you're doing what people are telling you not to do. And you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to test it. So why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, it's perfect. Cause I took your, um, best badass quiz mm-hmm. and my, my style is I don't give a fuck. I mean, I, I I'm an idea of ba- badass. Like I don't give a fuck. There are a million ways to do everything. I firmly believe there are very few right answers in life outside of like math and science. And so I think it's about, what works for you and the only way you figure out what works for you is if you try all of the options yeah yeah I love it that is I mean that is very true actually I'm going to start doing that because I feel like I haven't thought about that stuff so thank you for that <laughs> great advice Absolutely. yeah <laughs> um well now that you're talking about badass I love that the test was actually accurate so for yeah. whoever's out there you can take my badass quiz and you know like it will bring you to whatever badass you are and I'm still working on the rest, but we'll see what happens, you know, testing it out. (laughs) Um, Now that you know what kind of badass are you, you know your superpower, you know what you're doing, what's making you happy, whether you make money or not, and you're completely happy with this. Thank you, your husband that is working 24 years in the same company. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, um, two things. First of all, do you consider yourself a badass? And then let's start with that. And then let's go with the other one. Let's start with that. Do you think that you're okay. a badass? Yes. Tell me why. <laughs> Short answer. Like a badass. I, I will admit, actually, it was just in the last couple months, I was having a conversation with a friend. I have thought I was a badass in the past. And then this last three years has been really difficult. My husband, I moved across the country in the middle of COVID. He got cancer, a couple big surgeries. He's fine now. It was a best case scenario when it comes to cancer. And then I had a major surgery a year ago. Um, I have steel bars in my rib cage and it's been a really hard recovery, um, getting used to having a bunch of uh, metal implanted in my body. And the last three years have kind of been this survival game. And I think it was just in December and I was sitting around talking with one of my friends about business stuff. And I was like, I said something about my story and she kind of stopped and looked at me. She's like, do you realize how much you've been through it? And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of fucking incredible. 
yeah, fuck that you are. <laughs> and it like it's so funny because I just was in survival mode for so long that like I kind of forgot. And it is my story, so like I didn't choose to be a badass for various aspects of my life. I was forced to be, and so I don't see it as something like a lot of times I think about badass as like somebody who like chose to do the big scary adventure who like chose to you know sail their boat around the world like they're a badass they picked it I fell into all of this shit um, but I'm realizing that doesn't make me any less of a badass and that doesn't make my story any less impressive and it was just a very funny moment where in I, th I think it was yeah in the last two months and it was just this very like literal like click in my brain and I was like oh yeah, I'm a fucking rock star and I need to like step into that. So, oh, oh my God. I don't know how to explain what I just felt as soon as you said I'm a rock star, but I just felt like fireworks exploding in my chest because that was so like genuine that I, oh, it made me so happy. So, I'm so happy that you feel that way. So, you are a rock star. You are a badass. Since I've known you, I've from the little bit of the story that I know about you, I thought that you were a badass. Now you're beyond that. So whatever's a rock star badass, I don't even know. <laughs> right. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm learning to embrace it. Yes, please embrace your badassness and the mess that you've had before. Um, okay. So ah, this interview has been fucking amazing. So let's go with something a little more. I know that you told me that I can ask you whatever. So <laughs> Let's get a little more personal or maybe more into like the shitty stuff. So I don't know if you're aware, but I am not doing social media because it gives me tons of anxiety. And maybe that's a conversation that we can have after <laughs> after this interview. But it gives me tons of anxiety to the point that I actually had to start seeing a therapist because, you know, there's like comparing myself to others, seeing that I kept messing up, seeing that my businesses kept failing or that I was doing something wrong, that the coaches that I had were just like not aligning with me. Anyways, the, li the, the list is long as fuck. Um, so I decided not to do it. However, I'm all about being an open book and I know that you are the same way. So why don't you tell me about a really shitty moment that you haven't shared on social media, but you wish you could have shared it? Oof. Okay. So I was, I, I've been a business strategist for four or five years now. Um, I was working very specifically with small, like people who are starting coaching, consulting businesses. And in the realm of Instagram, talking a lot about toxic entrepreneurship, toxic positivity, um, this idea that like everybody will make a million dollars overnight and trying to kind of debunk some of that. And oh, it's giving me anxiety to even bring this up. Um, oh my god! <laughs> there, uh, there is another um, another coach. She's not a coach. She's uh, another business guru that I followed for a long time. I've been in one of her masterminds. Like we've worked together on and off over the years, and she was talking about the same stuff, which kind of inspired me to get into the topic as well. And so I end up in this space where I'm having multiple conversations across multiple different platforms about toxic entrepreneurship. And I put out a whole like 10 day Instagram series about like, I think it was like the 10 like signs of toxic entrepreneurship um, and kind of like what to watch for. Like when you're trying to hire a coach, like 
watch out for this kind of stuff or like don't do this kind of stuff because it's not fair it's scammy it's unhealthy um so i put out this whole series super proud of it and one of the coaches that i had previously worked with emailed me and she was like hey like that's all my content and you stole it from me without crediting me and i was devastated because Yes, she absolutely inspired it. In one of the first blog posts, she's credited along with several other creators as being one of the inspirations, as where I originally learned some of this. And she's like, I want you to go back and like edit like these three blog posts and give me proper credit. And I was like, no, <laughs> because like I didn't steal it from you. Like I had intentionally muted her on Instagram for like a month while I was working on this so that her content would not influence me. Like I was intentionally not consuming her content while I was creating this so that I wouldn't like accidentally plagiarize her. And one of the things she was like, you need to give me credit on this particular particular topic. And I was like, I very distinctly know that I learned that from this other person. I have never heard you talk about this. I have only learned that from this other person. And it just was this like, it was embarrassing to get called out and she did it properly. So privately via email, like we sent some emails back and forth. Like there was no hate on her for how she handled it. Um, but it was embarrassing to get called out like that. And like, I thought I had done it right in terms of how I created this content and how I credited the people who had taught me this stuff. And it was just, I think it was this moment of like, so many people were focusing on that topic that they were all trying to, there was a big movement on Instagram of like not plagiarizing and giving proper credit mm -hmm. to the point that people were like hyper aware of it. And it kind of blew up in my face and it ended up pushing me out of that industry, that part of the industry. I ended up not I, I ended up pulling the post down after about a month or two, I actually ended up pulling the post down and like shutting that part of my business down. And I just, I realized, I don't know what I realized. I didn't want to be there. I was ashamed that I fucked it up that much. Um, I, like I said, I was embarrassed and not that she did anything to publicly shame me for it. Nobody knows about it till now. <laughs> and like, I think maybe my husband, because I was bawling that night when he got home about the whole thing. Um, and it, it happens. Like, I look back on it now, like, I still don't, I didn't do anything wrong. It was still good content. I still feel that I properly credited people. I could have probably been a little clearer with my crediting. Like, there was some validate, valid points in what she said. Um, but it just kind of drove me out of a part of the coaching industry. And in turn, like she's calling awareness. That's very important to talk about what's happening in a lot of the coaching industry. And in turn drove me out of the industry for doing the same thing. And it was just like, I don't know. And maybe I use that as an excuse to step away from that work. Um, I don't begrudge her anything. I don't feel bad about it. Like I could have stayed and fought harder to stay in that position but I just kind of realized that wasn't the space for me to be in anymore. And yeah, I think that was probably one of the, the biggest, shittiest, like most shameful moments that I still am untangling in my brain. Oh my God. 
first of all, thank you for sharing that because I am watching you and I can see that you were struggling telling that story. So thank you for being vulnerable vulnerable in sharing all that because it's definitely a very intense situation. However, I do want to point out that first of all, I think that you should bring that out because I think it's amazing. Like I honestly, if I could have seen that, like fucking like four coaches ago, I probably wouldn't have spent as much money as I have spent. Um, And I think it's something really important, especially since the coaching community, let's say, um, has gotten so big. And I feel like, I feel like you should bring it back. I feel like it's definitely something, especially now that you're talking about being a multi-passionate and everything. Like so many of us multi-passionate look for coaches thinking that we don't know how to do things right because we just need that direction of a coach and understanding that there's so much toxicity um I think that what you what you wrote and what you work on that you work on so hard and now that fad of of plagiarism and whatever it's not as strong as it was like a year or two ago so I think that my recommendation my uh (laughs) non-consented advice is bring it back (laughs) all right all right. No, actually, you know, it's funny. I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even really thought about that chunk of content in a while, but I might have to bring it back. I, there was definitely some really valuable stuff there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Especially with what you're doing. I feel that you can totally relate it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So we're almost done. I promise you, this has been amazing. So Two more questions and then you can go and have, you can go and have your nap. (laughs) So have you ever heard or have you, uh, have we spoke about a messy bestie? Yes. Okay. So you mentioned initially in our interview that entrepreneurship is very lonely. So as an entrepreneur yourself and being in the middle of nowhere, do you think we all need a messy bestie? Um, one when we're like solopreneurs yes and I I'm going to expand on that that I think at some phases in business or maybe it's personality types I don't think that messy bestie is always a singular person like I have a singular person right now who is kind of my go-to we're very similar tracks we think the same we have similar goals um I would consider her my messy bestie But then also for me, there's very much been a group component. So like you and I met through Danielle's morning pages. Like I also, when when you say messy besties, that whole morning pages crew jumps to my brain. And I know there's a mastermind I was at in the past years ago, that group jumps to my brain. So I, I, yes, you absolutely cannot be a solopreneur in a vacuum. Who and what that support system is can change. Um, but yeah, you've got to have somebody who's in a similar place as you. And if the group doesn't feel right, that's not the right group. Keep looking. Um, when I first moved to Virginia, I got involved with a group and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I like they're all these entrepreneurs and I didn't fit in. Like, I don't know. It was kind of this like flashback to the high school lunch cafeteria and like, I don't, they're all great people, all great business owners, but I didn't fit in that room. And then like, I show up on morning pages and I'm like, fuck, these are my people. This is where it's at. So if you find a group, find the group that feels right. And if they don't feel right, keep looking because they're out there. But yeah, you got to have somebody 
on your side. I love that. I definitely think that everything that you need a messy bestie on different paths of life. And there's always going to be one that fits on that moment or multiple that fit just for like your business. Another one just for like ideas, another one for networking. And as long as you have that group of besties, um, then you're good to go. So yep. yes. And if you ever need another messy bestie, you know, count me in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So then the last question is, do you have any advice for entrepreneurs that are struggling at the moment? Yes. Go for I'm it. I'm just trying to pick one thing. <laughs> well, you can, um, pick, I, you can see a bunch of things. It's okay. <laughs> right. I think I'm going to go back to what I was saying earlier about the test and retest. I think we get so focused on creating a plan and like, this is the way I have to do it. Or you have that coach or you take that course and you're like, okay, I have to do it the way they taught me is if it's not working, if you're struggling, test one or two things at a time. What's not working? Like, is your schedule not working for me? I start work at like five 30 in the morning and I clock out at like one and some days I don't work all day. And I used to feel so guilty about taking a whole day off work during the middle of the week, but like, it's good for my mental health. It's my physical health requires it sometimes. So pick a thing and play with it and test and retest and see if that helps improve things. And then pick the next thing and test and retest and see what that does to help improve things. So for you brought up a great thing about you getting off of social media completely. For me, it was finding the right platform. Like social media has always felt hard, but TikTok is my fucking jam. And now I love creating. And for you, I know we've talked a little bit in the past about you having anxiety about showing up. The test and retest is like, okay, I need to get away from it completely. Now, how do I continue to grow the way I want to with this out of the picture? And eventually I would imagine you'll test putting your you know toes back in the water and see if it works again. Um, so yeah, if it's, if you're struggling, start looking at all the little components that feel off and tweak them and see how it feels and tweak them and tweak them until things feel right. Oh, that's amazing. You can just literally drop the mic with that. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, well, Casey, thank you so much. This was amazing. I feel like we need a part two because you have, so much to say and so many amazing stories so maybe for season two we'll just go into the personal yeah. us to badass side of us of um, your life so yeah. thank you so much and messes and badasses don't forget to show some love for this amazing baddie i will have all the information about her multi-passionate creator her tiktok and all her information on the show notes and just don't forget to follow her at casey jordan and tiktok correct yes awesome <laughs> thank you everybody and thank you casey thank you Thank you, messes and badasses, for listening to today's episode. Check the show notes for any updates and don't forget to subscribe to the show and share it. Have an amazing day and don't forget to see failures as opportunities to start over and better. Bye.